A longtime member of the Ontario Provincial Police has finally been fired after being convicted of multiple offenses, including several assaults, drug charges, and a sexual assault which he recorded on his phone. Jason Redmond was sentenced to six years for the sexual assault and is awaiting sentencing for assaulting another female victim. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. Sabrina Bedford, a reporter with the Brockville Recorder and Times, joins me to discuss Redmond's history with the OPP, what led to his downfall in law enforcement, and why there are changes coming to make it easier to fire disgraced cops. Don't forget you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or even on Amazon Music. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about the show. So Sabrina, your recent feature is a pretty complex story. And, you know, I guess we should probably start with a bit of the basics. So for starters, who is Jason Redmond? Jason Redmond is a now former Ontario Provincial Police officer who worked out of the Leeds County Detachment in Eastern Ontario. He was born and raised in Brockville, Ontario, which is in Leeds County, where he worked as a Class A auto mechanic at the Ford dealership in the city for years before deciding to become an officer. Around 2005, he decided he wanted to join the OPP, so he began um, volunteering with the local auxiliary, getting experience and making connections before applying to become a constable. And that's when he attended and then graduated from the Ontario Police College, where he was named top recruit in his class, which is an award voted on by his classmates. He started out at the Northumberland Detachment before being transferred back home to Leeds County at the end of 2007. And so overall, what was his reputation on the force? You mentioned that he was voted by his classmates uh, as as top recruit, but what was his reputation once he was a member of the OPP? Yeah, so following along with that sort of good reputation he had at the college, for the most part, when it came to his abilities on the job, his colleagues say he was a good police officer in the earlier years. They said he was hardworking, capable, that he conducted thorough investigations and was an excellent report writer. So overall, uh, most most of his former colleagues say there were no red flags in the earlier years. You say that there were no red flags in the earlier years. I get the sense that, you know, at some point there were some red flags that started to show. When did things start to turn for Redmond? Were there minor incidents on the force? Were there absences? When did we start to to potentially see red flags involving Jason Redmond? The tides started to turn for him around 2011. So that's when his work absences started piling up. Uh, he started going on longer term sick leaves for months at a time very frequently. Um, so according to an internal OPP document that I was able to read, he was on extended sick leave for the majority of the time in 2011, 2012, 2013, and 2014, before he was suspended indefinitely in 2015. And the 2011 timeframe also lines up with his first criminal charge. So as you mentioned, we have these these first criminal charges uh, around 2011. What was the nature of those first charges against him? The first charge against him was an assault and criminal harassment against a woman in 2011. I don't have too many details about this because that was 
before my time at the newspaper, um, but I do know that he was on leave from the force at the time on one of his many sick leaves. And he he was eventually acquitted and he returned to active duty. So at any point, was he suspended from the force while these charges were being dealt with or was because he was on leave, they didn't feel the need to suspend him? No, he was not suspended or removed from the force at the time. He Because he was on sick leave when he was first charged, he was just he was able to return to work um, as normal while the trial was going on. Um, they did accommodate him by putting him on desk duty at the time while the trial played out. But as soon as he was acquitted, he returned to active duty and the OPP did not pursue police act charges. And so there was that 2011 assault resulting in an acquittal. That didn't end Redmond's run-ins with the police, though. What can you tell me about Project Arrowtown? Project Arrowtown was a multi-agency sting operation where the OPP, the RCMP, and the Montreal Police all worked together to dismantle a local drug ring in Leeds County. Redmond was caught up in the whole situation and was targeted by police. Um, it took years for police to conduct this operation, and they included the use of an undercover police officer. Redmond was eventually charged with obstruction of justice, three counts of trafficking cannabis, one count of forgery, and one count of breach of trust. At the end, the only charges that stuck uh, were... One count of trafficking cannabis, which Redmond pleaded guilty to, and a judge found him guilty of forgery. Was he suspended from the force then? Was there any penalty to his policing career for for pleading guilty to trafficking in cannabis? Yes. So when... Project Arrowtown was first announced and the charges were first laid in 2015. That's when he was originally suspended with pay from the force. And then in 2018, when he was convicted, that's when the OPP initially began their pursuit to fire him. And so during this time, there's there's also a report into Project Arrowtown looking into the, the sting and, and reveal some information about Redmond and how he conducted himself in the community. And I'm curious, you know, while there's also these, these drug charges against him, what did that report say about Redmond? By the time Project Arrowtown came around, uh, the OPP had become aware of Redmond's reputation and his behavior when he was off duty. According to the document I obtained... The police investigation revealed he spends considerable amount of time socializing at Brockville drinking establishments and is a trusted and influential member of the civilian bar crowd, the report revealed. So on a consistent basis, he was found to have represented the OPP poorly in his behavior and in his manner of conversation, which was often about illegal drug use and the objectification of women. So by that point, the police had caught on to the fact Redmond was partying pretty hard, behaving in a way unbecoming of a police officer, all while openly identifying as an officer to those he spoke with. Um, and it was, at his most recent trial, it was revealed he remains an active drug user and is quite heavily addicted to crack cocaine. Mm -hmm. So you, you say his most recent trial. So we have a previous assault acquittal and then a drugs conviction. So how did things escalate from there? Where do we get to his most recent criminal charges? 
This is when things take a particularly egregious turn, I guess. Uh, So this past February 2023, Redmond was found guilty of sexual assault for raping an unconscious woman in 2017 and filming it on his phone. In her decision, the judge found he did this to teach her a lesson about how irresponsible she was when she consumed alcohol and that and that anybody could rape her when she was blacked out. And that's why he decided to do this. I mean, that sounds like a pretty egregious crime and a pretty awful way to treat another human being. What was the defense in regard to his actions? Was there, you know, it wasn't me, I didn't do this, it was consensual. What, What was Redmond's defense at trial? He argued the victim's inability to remember was not proof she did not consent. The judge found, however, that the Crown proved beyond a reasonable doubt that she did not consent to the sexual touching, either because she was unconscious or she was incapable of consenting. So what else was uncovered at these trials or what was revealed in the, in the, the events of these trials for the sexual assault? The judge found the victim, over the course of a long day of drinking and cocaine use, eventually lost consciousness either because she went to sleep or as a result of the effects of alcohol or a combination of both. She and Redmond had been partying all day long. Both of them were doing cocaine. She was consuming a lot of alcohol. The next morning, the judge found Redmond did not feel any shame or regret for his actions. Um, He was not apologetic. Instead, he was angry at her and righteous for what he had done. He told her what he had done, that he had sex with her while she was unconscious to prove a lesson. Um, He called her names and he blamed her. And in the days and weeks that followed, the judge found Redmond ridiculed his victim and told several people about what he had done. One of the witnesses, while testifying at trial, said Redmond was kind of laughing when he was talking about it. The judge said he was not ashamed and he appeared to think what he did was funny. And this isn't the only woman that Redmond has been convicted of assaulting. What can you tell me about, I believe it's nine assaults against another woman? Yes. Simultaneously, while the OPP was working on their their sexual assault case against Redmond, they were working on a separate assault case against uh, him involving a second woman. He was initially charged with 17 offenses in that case, but six were dropped before trial. He pleaded not guilty to the 11 charges against him and the case went to trial in March. The court heard that Redmond had assaulted the woman on multiple occasions, including incidents of choking, punching, hitting, pushing, and one where he cut her with a knife during an argument. Redmond denied these allegations of abuse again, while his lawyer claimed the woman had reliability and credibility issues because of her drug use, although the judge ultimately found that she was a reliable and credible witness. On June 9th, he was found guilty of nine charges in that case, five counts of assault, three counts of assault causing bodily harm, and one count of assault with a weapon. And he has yet to face sentencing for those crimes. And has he been sentenced on the sexual assault conviction? Yes. He was just recently sentenced to six years in prison for the sexual assault. 
Now, looking at the totality of his actions, and we have someone who is seen as a, a promising police officer, and things kind of slowly unraveled to the point that he's committing some pretty heinous crimes. What happened? What happened to to this police officer that led him down this path? And it's not to excuse the crimes against against women in this case, or to excuse the drug crimes. But I but I am curious, and I imagine a lot of readers and listeners are curious. How did we get to here? It's hard to say exactly why he went down this path. The reason he started going on leaves originally from work had to do with the fact he says he experienced post-traumatic stress disorder, which he acquired from work-related events. So that started happening in 2011. That coupled with his drug use and partying, I think that sort of just led to his unraveling. He has been clinically diagnosed with PTSD, which he says were from his experiences as a first responder. And he also deals with several other mental health issues as it was revealed in trial, including major depressive disorder and attention deficit disorder. So it it seems it was a perfect storm of mental health issues and addiction that, that led to his demise. Now, as it stands currently, there are no provisions in place for like the automatic dismissal of a member of the OPP if they're charged with a crime. And I believe even if they're convicted of a crime, you know, are there changes coming to the process to allow the OPP to dismiss officers in circumstances like this? Right. So despite having 12 convictions, the OPP was unsuccessful in firing him until very recently. Um, They began the process to have him fired after he was first convicted in 2018 with Project Arrowtown. It took a long time for that to happen. Um, The hearings were continually delayed for one reason or another, but in November 2022, at an Ontario Civilian Police Commission hearing, an adjudicator sided with the OPP and said Redmond was fired, but he immediately appealed that termination, which extended his employment and pay. So last week, after he was sentenced to six years in jail for his sexual assault, the OPP announced he had been terminated. But the only reason they were able to actually fire him was because he withdrew his appeal. If he hadn't done that, he'd still be employed, although the OPP would have been able to, at that point, suspend his pay because he had finally been given a jail sentence. That's because the Police Services Act currently says an officer charged with a criminal offense can only be suspended with pay. In order for someone to be suspended without pay, the person must be convicted and sentenced to a term of incarceration. But like you said, um, changes are coming. The Solicitor General says um, a new act called the Community Safety and Policing Act will replace the 30-plus-year-old Police Services Act. Um, The new act was passed in 2019, but it has yet to be put into force. Um, So it will, among other things, allow a a chief of police to suspend an officer without pay if an officer is charged with a serious offense. So once the legislation is passed, if an officer is charged with a serious offense, they will be able to at that point, be suspended without pay. But they have yet to announce or come to an agreement on what will constitute a serious offense. So that's what they're in the, they're in the process of working out those regulations still. 
Well, it, it's a fascinating and, and horrible case, and, and I can imagine the, the people involved are happy to see resolutions in, in, involving his conviction and his removal uh, from law enforcement. Sabrina, thanks for your time. Thank you very much for having me. 10-3 is produced by Tyler Dawson, theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Sabrina Bedford. You can read this whole feature at nationalpost.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening.